You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Welcome back to our Critical Commentary Watch Along podcast uh, with your hosts, Ryan. And Chloe, we're recorded here on unceded Tsleil-Waututh, Musqueam, and Squamish territory. On most maps, that comes up as Vancouver, British Columbia. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, where Riverdale tends to film a whole bunch. Truly. So, uh, now there was a real season premiere thing yeah. <laughs> to jump right in. I assume if you're with us, you're um, you're you're up to speed. Yes. <laughs> on the shenanigans. Fair warning, maybe we should start saying this at the beginning of every episode. This is a spoiler-heavy podcast. Yeah, we're going to... We assume you know what's going on. Apart with with full uh, critique. This is, this is you know, you can, you can watch it with us for the first time this way, but I'm curious if anyone does that. That'd be a weird think, way of experiencing Riverdale. I think some people <laughs> like that. Like, I think some people like the Watch Along podcast with their... First viewing. I guess... I, I think that exists. I guess people who like to talk during TV. Like, this is a thing. Yeah. Actually, this is something that I only really ever do much with, uh, say, Amanda Konkin, or, uh, who uh, got us started on this podcast. That Maybe she that's did. why she's that's a full-time podcaster. Over on uh, the Quiver podcast, one of the co-hosts. Uh, she's one of the very few people who I actually talk through f- shows with. Oh, so, that's interesting. We were pretty silent watching this. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah, just now. Oh, that's just because I'm deathly sick and exhausted, Chloe. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Fair enough. That's just the poor state of, of, of my existence. It's fine. It's a cold. It'll, it's leaking out of my face and it'll be gone soon. Oh. Also with us is Tazzy, being unusually quiet and docile curled up with us. Yes. I think she's starting, starting to accept me as a human, not a threat. She's also afraid of plastic bags, and Ryan is emptying tissue after tissue into plastic bags, so it's possible we'll just get rid of her because Ryan has to do self-care, which is great. Self-care, in this case, means containing my mucus while in Chloe's home. <laughs> yeah, so th- I, w- I was happy with this episode. Yes, um, I feel too. I'm annoyed about the Cheryl and her brother plot line. Yes, I... I yeah. like how it seems to be fitting in with everything else. Mm, mm. So I'm willing to forgive it for a little bit. Yeah, that is the only thing going on right now that I do not want. I do not see any hope for or any silver lining in. I, I see no redeemable way for for us to process this corpse thing. Um, but a few things this episode gave me hope that I'm going to be, a, if not surprised, not disappointed. Yes. That there's enough other pieces moving that seem to be reasonably well handled, and handled in some interesting and smart ways that I wasn't uh, fully expecting. Um, I'm There's promise this season, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm curious how well they're going to execute it. That's, uh, yeah, I've, in, uh, in doubling back for a second, uh, we've been saying for like five podcasts, hey, we're not sure if we're going to continue. Tonight we decided we're going to continue. Uh, this season because yeah. of uh, how interested we were tonight. Yeah, I really like that they've gone back to high school, to be honest. Yeah. I might point that out a lot over the course of the episode. Well, they aggressively reset the stakes mm-hmm. with several interesting um, character beats this episode. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts before we jump on in, Chloe? I want to look up the name of the 
guy who is uh, the actor who plays Brett. Brett? Stonewall Preparatory School. Oh, because he's oh. local. Yes. He's from like... He's he's very local. Oh, yes. He went to the National Theater School, I think, but he's from... Anyway, not important. He's a local. He's blonde. I recognize him from university. He was around. Um, he, he I, For some reason, IMDb is being difficult, this, and the credits go too quickly. I'm old. <laughs> this is the Keener guy, right? Yeah, Keener guy, Brett. He's local. We'll comment on him when we get there. It's over fine. at Stonewall School. I get really overexcited when I see people I recognize in television. <laughs> I admit it. I totally admit it. it. It's a cool, nerdy thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a thing. I mean, also, but you grew up here. I guess I did, yeah. It's not normal yet, Chloe? Maybe it's never normal to see people you know on TV. I don't even... I mean, it's, like, normal now, but it's, like, neat. It's, like, the same excitement I get when I go to the theater and I recognize my friends. Um, let's get started on this episode. There's a lot of interesting things happening here. Um, there's the Reggie plotline. He's become a bit more of a character. Yeah. Um, and this seems to be, like... Like, they seem to be saying that this is Jughead season. Sure. I mean, I I think they've all... Personally, I feel like they've always framed him as a a perspective, to a di- often to a different degree than the other uh, core four. But, um, yeah, uh, I'm interested what cues you about that, Chloe, and hearing that as we go. Well, I feel like when it's been Jughead's, like, plot, mm-hmm. it's been... Um, like how the other characters have an effect on his life. Mm, mm. Um, how Archie can be helpful, how Betty tries to meddle, how Veronica's family has a poor effect on Hi- or on Hiram on FP. Right. Whereas this is like no, Jughead's going to like a new school mm. because he wants to go. Right. Rather than right. like oh this moody like maybe I belong at Southside High, you know, BS. Right. Um so anyway, I just think it's an interesting, I think it's an interesting take. We'll see. We shall see. Um, Monroe, right. we learned Mad Dog's name, Monroe. We did. They're, they're finally realizing that you know, dealing with the whole juvie nickname problematic life, getting out of dealing with back to life thing. Apparently he's a high school senior also. Yeah. Dang. There's, there's a lot of very, very... Jim conscious high school seniors in Riverdale High. I feel like all television high school seniors are particularly Jim conscious unless it is coded that they are like low on the social scale. Right, unless they're nerds. Yes. C'est là. Shall we badoom our way in, Chloe? Let's badoom our way in. Alright, gang. In case you want to sync up with us. Yes. We echo the Netflix badoom sounds. Yes. Here, I'm going got to give your... you a tissue to throw out, Ryan. Yes, your your tea is Very properly. Important. Have you got your tissues, gang? Have you got your have you got your tea? Have you settled in? Are you having popcorn? You having a beer? You ready? S- sufficiently. Ready. And one, two, three. Ba-doom. Previously on Riverdale. Now, this feels like a top-of-the-season recap, not a very special episode like it we got does. last week. Um, Is there anything? I love that this, like, older brother has just kind of wandered in, and Betty's like, ah, yes. Well, she needed an adult. 
It's true. She did need it. She did need an adult. And I guess the FBI can just like make that happen. This is your new legal guardian. It's fine. <laughs> For legal purposes, it makes more sense than many of the things in the show. Yeah. So, Reggie. Yeah. I don't love, like, the overbearing Asian stereotype, father stereotype. Like, that kind of bugs me, but... Yeah. I mean, um, they, they went in a somewhat different direction. I know, than, it's football, not math or yeah. music. Yeah, which is, like, barely saving it. <laughs> but he's a wonderful actor um, for the stuff that he's given. I mean, I've never seen him in anything else. Wonderful actor. Mm-hmm. He did... He did lovely with the... Um, uh, material he was given in this episode. Mm-hmm. Reggie Mantle, that actor. I enjoyed this um, split shot here. Jughead watching them. Jughead, yeah. Yeah. Um, this show does visual nostalgia and visual uh, visual aesthetic cues so, so well. Um, watching this a second time through this montage, I feel like we visit a lot of... Um, and we visit some some visuals... That we haven't, that were so dominant and developed last season, and then we move on, and then we really live in high school space, um, which is unexpected but honestly refreshing, as far as the stakes go. Yeah, I love that. I love that Monroe picks this. Hmm. Like, like he gets his feedback from his friend, but his like misgiving isn't like annoying and moody it's like yeah like i've been through some really hard things and i don't necessarily want to go back to like actual high school (laughs) that sounds terrible yeah this episode on a on a on a few counts um pulls back towards what felt like it's a a new internal realism Mm -hmm. um like there there are several times this episode (laughs) realism yeah but in resetting its own stakes um They've let these characters process a little bit more than I think they've ever let them breathe before. Mm. Um, Later on, referring to to Kevin as a traumatized kid, I thought showed a lot more self-awareness than they usually do in their their deep noir melodrama. And then this happens. So, the more we sit with it, the more I can only see this becoming something horribly, horribly sad for Cheryl. Yeah, I hate this. The- I also kind of like, okay, so this, like, I found annoying because I don't like shows about teens generally. Clearly, I've been doing this podcast for three years now, <laughs> so I can't dislike them that much. But um, um, I loved how this set the tone for the rest of the episode. Like, they're talking yeah, yeah. about the end of school and they're talking about like oh like i'm gonna miss the school colors and i'm sad you know like mm-hmm. and, and then they bone like good teenagers um this scene gave me such shonda rhymes vibes and i know you don't know what that means necessarily because you're not a big old gray's anatomy how to get no. away with murder nerd but i like how to get away with murder um, but i haven't seen the most recent seasons the um the way this sequence is shot, the way it's strung together, it really reminded me of a Shonda Ryan show's gratuitous sexy scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that different from Riverdale's gratuitous sexy scenes either. Yeah. But I don't know, certain flavors, just something about this really, um, I am pulling on this as evidence that How to Get Away with Murder is one of their um, archetype models this season. Uh 
there's a few points this episode that that lead me to think that's a direction. Gratuitous cheesecake, gratuitous cheesecake, gratuitous cheesecake, 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 cheesecake. Interesting silhouettes and and shadows. Cheesecake. 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 Ooh, much cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Raw snap cheesecake. You mentioned something about and the white bra on the first time through. Betty's white bra. Arm. Oh, yeah, I did. I just, <laughs> um, like, they're going back to, like, non-dark Betty. Like, she had a very mm. virginal white bra on, which isn't to say that white has to be virginal, mm. or that being a virgin is a bad thing. Which, I mean, also, Betty is evident, like, I mean, maybe Evidently it is evident. Evidently does not seem to be virginal. Yes. Nobody's got that going on by all evi- all visual evidence. <laughs> Jughead's like, do I care? I mean, sure. <laughs> now, this little sequence uh, comfortably refresh, refresh them again to flustered kids. Yeah. Surprisingly, running in and the jerk teacher be, as the the fresh new adversary. Yeah. That is an interesting choice. Um, also reminding us all that Weatherby is off with the cult, along with like half the named backup cast of Riverdale. What a spectacular cleansing of your extremely large named supporting cast mm-hmm. to have a cult just sweep them all out of town. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's true. I love how they're all like, oh, man, Ugh, the adults suck. <laughs> <laughs> the adults do suck. It's true. <sighs> so is this, um, Coach Clayton? Is that still Coach Clayton? I assume. I. So where's his son? I haven't seen him since... Season one, so maybe we have to compare the face and the actor. I don't know. I assume. Oh my god, Reggie! I'm just I'm like I'm automatically mad at Reggie here, mm. but I like that that happens because like this is like a very high school plot, and his mm. like he's like I've earned this. Why is this guy just walking in here? Right, but at the same time, um, the the plot point with Reggie here being about his dynamic with his dad being about these abuse triggers, these trauma triggers and these insecurity triggers. I thought it was a much, much more clever take than I'm used to seeing in a high school social dynamic. Um, in, in that I thought Reggie's trauma responses were much more front and center in what's being shown, even in the dynamic with him and Monroe. Mm. Um, I feel like where the, where the camera holds really sits on Reggie having, Panic responses or, yeah. or security issues. Dragged her by the ankles to get a lobotomy. I mean, she does make a terrible point, Kevin. Yep. Um, so, Kevin, boy. Oh, buddy. Yeah, what's going on with this character? Kevin. Uh. You tell me, because I'm not uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> they crossed redeemable lines for him last season, and I'm shocked that they know it and are p- rolling with it. And using mm. it. Um, like, having someone physically restrain another person in a pseudo-medical horror situation, that's, yep, yep, that's a hard line. Mm. And I'm, I I fully believe by the end of this episode that Betty has not forgiven him. Yeah. Um, and that's fair. And interesting. Yeah. I also think he's lying at the end of the episode about Edgar. Oh, 100%. I do yeah. not trust the kid anymore yet. He is, as Chuck says, traumatized and not a reliable asset. So yeah. what's up with this dude? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what this is all about. 
I maybe um, something is very bad at the school. At Stonewall School. Maybe they maybe it's basically just the sisters of quiet mercy. <laughs> <laughs> just nuns emerging out of the walls. The same nuns, the ones we murdered. I like how Jughead is automatically like, no privilege sounds boring, bye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the systems of his life contrive to push him into it somehow. Um I get weird vibes from Stonewall Teacher. Yeah. I, I, I get do not trust vibes. I think he's an antagonist, not a mentor. Also, he fully stalks this kid to his house. No one no one no one cares that much about giving a kid a scholarship. Well, actually, in the United States, they really want someone. They'll be pretty aggressive, but it doesn't happen all that often in literature. Yeah. Like, that's, as far as I know, at any rate, that's pretty unusual. True. Um, Different systems. I loved that Veronica's, um, like, get out of jail situation was pulling the fire alarm thing. Yep. Like, that's such a teenage response. <laughs> I want Tony to have some lines, please. I, it was, um, what's the word? It stood out how much screen time Tony was given without a single line. Mm. It's like they clocked after this script was written that they hadn't used her, so they threw her into every scene she could. And she made the most of it. But but she's also casting some side-eye at, like, both of them. Like, to me, in this scene. <laughs> she's like, okay, baby, like, I'll support you, but, like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> and she's also like, I don't like this guy either. Like... See the story we have to fill in the blanks, Riverdale. Just give Tony lines and yeah. tell us the tell us what we need to know. Come on, we're so tired of saying this. <laughs> She's Instagram famous. People want to hear her talk. You obviously know that Tony is your one point of stability. See, this this little just yeah. and Tony eats something from the basket. Yeah. She has more personality than m- most of most of our leads. Is that UBC? Oh, is that probably? Yeah, that looks like UBC to me. Of course, <laughs> it might not be. Who knows? I give up. This, uh, this all, whole province looks the same. All football fields look the same to me. I can't tell one football field from the <laughs> other, Chloe. <laughs> it's in California. Surprise! What's a sport? <laughs> Suddenly, there were amazing tax breaks in California. They shot all of Riverdale there. <laughs> it's probably in Langley. Oh yeah, that's Never the mind. trees are not that's tall not enough UBC. for UBC. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is how interested we are in football. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I know this. Okay, I'm not a sports kid. Mm-hmm. You weren't a sports kid. Nope. We don't have the personal frame of reference to understand what the heck's happening here, right? No. Because I mean, maybe this is like stage moms, but for football. It, yeah, I believe this is a thing. I'm confused that no one's like addressed... Yeah, like All the, the teacher. Abuse. Yeah. And like with with again, there's this is a thing that happens. Um Uh-oh. in Canada, it's the hockey dad stereotype. But I don't know. This is just poorly planned, kid. You could have captured her in the hallway, you could have caught her in class, you could have done so many things other than sneaking into the women's shower. There's this is not a well thought out plan, nameless boy. This is not not wise. Yeah. <laughs> Any one of them have murdered. <laughs> you could be next, nameless boy. IS film used <laughs> frequently by teenagers today. 
So, um... Oh, my God. Reggie, I just hate him here, and it's, like, fun. Like, I hate mm, him so much. Mm. Like, ugh. This episode did a really good job of directly tying Reggie's aggressions to the stuff he is dealing with at yeah. Um In how, like, ed- in editing, in, in string- the way it's strung together. I just, I hate this cheap, like, you're a homo joke. Like, I hate it. Like, I'm so mad at Reggie. Yep. It's it's such an obviously low blow. Yeah. But, like, with he had nothing else to pull on. But it's also weird at this school. Hmm. Like, it's surprising. Like, I think even in, like, the football team dynamic of this particular school that they've made up for this particular show. Right. Where, like, Fangs and Kevin go to prom holding hands and Cheryl and Tony kind of, like, rule the school. Right. It doesn't seem credible to me that, like this is acceptable to anyone and reggie is just kind of like well the soap joke you know what i mean (laughs) i disagree kind of disagree actually yep um very binary gender thing i don't think even in the most accepting situations that uh a little casual homophobia isn't likely to uh slip in when masculinity issues are Mm. up in the air um it followed through so obviously and clearly and and directly to me from regina's dad to this low weak hit about masculinity interesting um yeah made perfect sense reggie is more of a jerk when reggie is echoing his father's anger and frustrations that have been taken out on him Right. I guess what thought. I guess what I mean is that like it is obvious to me that Reggie is grasping at an old straw just to kind of piss him off. Oh yes. That that's more And what I think it at. is supposed to be so obvious, right? Reggie can be more clever than that when he really wants to be a jerk. I would assume. I'm not sure if this Reggie has. This is we have a very ditzy Reggie here, but I'm glad we're seeing more of him. Yeah. I'm glad he's bad at being mean. Also, like, what kind of terrible older brother slash FBI agent are you? Like, clearly Betty is being used <laughs> in some way here, or the writing is just bad. Like, one or the other. I, I, I mean, all of the above is possible. I am sure, not sure I trust Charles fully. Um, this young, independent FBI agent manipulating minors a lot. But also, what else is new? Yeah. Law enforcement. <laughs> but I'm not sure I trust this character yet. Um, I'm remembering Archie's FBI agent a while ago, and how. Oh yeah. I don't think this is another capo of Mister Lodges. No, I think this guy is supposed to be really from the FBI, but mm-hmm. I think Betty is being manipulated in a way that she hasn't noticed yet. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I would agree. So the horror hallway. This is obviously an important set, and I. This is obviously going to be an important tease for, as long as they choose to drag this out. Mm. I don't know what they're going to pull with Jason's yeah, corpse like to make this plot okay, to make Cheryl okay. Um. If the if the end beat of this plot is Cheryl is desperately not okay, maybe we can talk. Because Cheryl needs to be desperately not okay. 
Yeah. In order to have her brother's corpse just chilling in the chapel. Yeah. I like... Also, this is an Archie song. Jughead's going to be there. Reggie's going to be there. They're singing. <laughs> I enjoyed the music as often as I often do. I like that Cheryl's new enemy is a principal, even though yeah. really he he's their age. Yeah. There is no difference between the ages of those actors. They just gave him glasses and didn't put as much makeup on his face. <laughs> So this Just guy is the one I got excited about. I was like, oh, hey, I've been to a party with you. Hi. <laughs> Cute. Again. Oh, my God. Kill him. Ew. <laughs> Sweet Valley, hi. He does seem like he's supposed to be kind of insufferable, right? That's the... Yeah. That's his, his jam. I feel like if someone said to me, most of our teachers are hopelessly out of touch, I wouldn't go to the school. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Okay. You know? I'm getting creepy vibes from English teacher. Okay. What do you, like, I'm getting a little bit creepy vibes. Like, also, what what is Betty's take on this place, exactly? Uh, At first, I'm not sure exactly, obviously, Obviously, she supports Jughead's choice that she sends him at the end. Yeah. But she doesn't like this Weston. Brett. Yeah. What's his name? This guy. This guy. So, our, yeah, so our stakes here are all about fighting with the principal, going to the good school, uh, transferring schools, um, and the, the the leftover plots, so I guess Monroe would be an, a leftover plot for yeah. Archie. But I feel like um, that's pivoted and he's going to become like a character. Yeah, and a high school character rather yeah. than a prison sacrifice. Yeah. Um, this is leftover though, like her owning a nightclub. Yes, this is very leftover. Um, even Betty, somehow the stakes have been scaled down to focusing on, I guess maybe it was just this episode i'm curious where betty's plot goes but i thought there was a lot of focus on the individual rather than the huge explosive systemic drama Mm -hmm. um maybe that's maybe that's the overall thing here uh we're back with individual people with single problems that don't affect the whole community in the same way now, I 100% believe she is playing Kevin. Yeah. At but every is he stage. also playing her and his innocent dear Kevin finally going to have a plot where he gets to have, like, some agency in his life? Yeah. I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested. Um, I am intrigued. I, I'm okay with not knowing. I don't want Kevin to become a bad guy. That's my, again, I would, and that's the only outcome I can really see to Kevin playing the farm side. Um, but I also don't think he he has any functional friendship left with Betty. Yeah. Either. So, things are not looking up for our kid. Yeah. Like, maybe his best life is with Josie in New York. I don't know. Yes. Right. When does that happen? I don't know. I don't know when that or Katie Sabrina Keen. gets started. Katie Keene is coming to us at So some point. I thought this was going to go differently, which is that they would have this interaction and then, like, Charles and Betty would nab fangs. Right. 
Instead or of, they weren't gonna like be like, "Hey, Kevin, we know what you did last <laughs> summer," and by last summer, I mean five minutes ago. Yeah, Betty did not develop this asset in yeah. any badly developed. Betty you is too, much Charles. better at sleuthing than this. It's been yes. proven. Um, yeah, this was there's there was a few conversations that were very stilted and very flat. This was one of them, um, <sighs> where it. <sighs> Perhaps that is um, the something feels wrongness of the uh, the lingering noir murder suspense that is promised to us this season. Yeah. But I feel like there are a lot of people speaking very ingenuously in mm. uh, in an intended way. Yeah. You are so messed up, Kevin. Yeah. Are we about to like get a new layer to this show? I don't know. I'm interested. I, I mean. I hope so. I, I'm i interested to see if they can maintain this focus and avoid the um, the offer of the big drama, the offer of the big absurdity of the last few seasons. Um, can, can they maintain this much more intimate um, focus? It interests me that he takes off the sunglasses here. Hmm. Okay, so, so yes. I have never had to support anyone who was being physically abused. Hmm. Ever. I've hmm. had to support people who are being like emotionally manipulated mm-hmm. and abused in that way. I've had to support people who have survived physical abuse and sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like, is this like the right kind of conversation to have? Like, what what due diligence is is um Bruno mm, not doing mm, here mm. in how teenagers manage other teenagers experience do you see what i'm saying i mean the lack of due diligence i would argue is mostly from folks like weather being coach clayton mm-hmm. um i don't know that there is a strict or good peer support protocol in this case uh nor is there one that i can see them obviously uh making mistakes on Mm. um i don't know i'm actually a little bit impressed with how straight they've been able to play this this episode um again in in the resetting of the stakes uh veronica and archie each take reggie's situation seriously Mm. in a way that felt a little bit more weighted than i think it could have been in the last two seasons right um whether it's right or not, I'm not sure, but I appreciate that I, I the, the the emotions feel about mm-hmm. right to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so why is this? Why is this adult letting this teenage girl into an unofficial interrogation of another minor? Yeah. The show without a lawyer I mean, present. Really. <laughs> and then this happens. Coach Clayton. Yeah. Oh, he's trying to be nice. Yeah, these two scenes of yelly, angry Reggie dad. I really wanted Coach Clayton to deal with this. Yeah. Because this is not subtle. Mm. 
instead, and this stupid, t- sorry, the word stupid is complicated, but this foolish and ill-thinking teenager is like, I'm going to fix mm-hmm. this. That said, this is another spot of what would what would you do differently? Me? Anyone. What is there to do differently, right? I don't know. I guess like, that's a good point. When you were, you know, witnessing verbal abuse, that's such an awkward spot to be in. Yeah, that would be another right? place for Coach Clayton to intervene. Right? Like, Archie should turn around and say to Coach Clayton, like, Coach Clayton, like, hey, do you mm-hmm. see what's happening over here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Well, he makes it clear that they hear Reggie's dad. That's the one thing that I'm like, is, is there no other adult here conscious yeah. of this who you... I mean, I'm not shocked that they're out of trusted adults. Most of their trusted adults have culted off or de- mm. or died or murdered. But there's adults watching, right? <laughs> okay, so this seminar. Um, this seminar bothers me. Wow, that white guy like literally rolls his eyes at him. Yep. These three kids start an interesting conversation about the context and lived experience in writing. Yeah, that, on is, topic. that is the topic. Oh. And then jerky English teacher throws a softball to introverted new kid about symbolism, which is like ninth grade level crap. I want to talk about the post-colonial death of the author. I mean, there's also such an easy rebuttal for this. Like, actors, or actors, sorry. Writers don't exist in a vacuum. Like, even if he didn't write an allegory, that doesn't mean that Moby Dick is, like, free of symbol, symbol symbolism. This, like, that It's scene. impossible not to write in a vacuum. Right? <laughs> that, <laughs> any rebuttal? Of course there is. Yeah, that like scene convinces me that he's a bad guy. Because that scene shows, to me, a... An a start of an intelligent conversation shut down to seduce the new kid into joining class. I got creepy history boy vibes, and I don't think we're going into creepy pedophilia teacher territory again. I don't think we are either. But I feel like there's something inappropriate with that yeah. man. Something's up. You're a lodge through and through. I'm intrigued by this Veronica direction. Yeah. I'm. This is just enough plot for her. I like it. Um, I am ready for her and her mom to get some more plot. Mm -hmm. I'm just ready for her mom in general, Hermione Lodge, to reemerge and be interesting. Also, hello, Peaches and Cream, for just a sec. Yes, continue existing. This um, dress that Cheryl is wearing reminds me of a dress that someone wore in the first season. Hmm. I think at the party... Maybe I'm making it up. I don't know, but it look this dress like sort of looks familiar in the way that it like bit of a callback. Yeah, and I think they're doing that on purpose. Like mm-hmm. we're going back a little bit to mm-hmm. the teenage concerns of the first season. Yeah, well, we're having a kegger, right? Yeah. And Cheryl's main nemesis is the principal, who she hair flips in slow motion. Yeah, yeah there's there's a lot of multi layered cues pulling us back to that. Um, Cheryl would have gold Dixie cups. <laughs> by the way, Dixie, owned by the Koch brothers, evil. Don't buy Dixie cups. Uh-huh. So much evil. Kids have actually read Moby Dick. Yeah. Can I admit I've never read Moby Dick? I've actually also never read Moby Dick. Yeah. Um, I do know <laughs> the story that it is based on, though, and it's way more interesting. That's some kind of lit nerd 
isms, Chloe. It's not. It's it's a it's not literature. It's a real story about a boat oh. that went down because of a whale that was like, "Get out of my ocean." Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So then Reggie almost discovers the corpse, which like, even from, even properly embalmed, how is there no scent? He's li- it's 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 a it's a wrought iron gates. All of these candles are constantly restocked. I don't know. Also, there's a cat here. My cat Tazzy has made her first appearance on the show. Please do not bump this microphone, Tazzy. I love you, but don't. Um, what kind of self-respecting teenage boy goes to the basement of an old house to pee instead of going to the edge of the yard, though? That's my real question. Um, fair point, fair point, like, fair point. I might point. even do that, and I it's, I don't stand to pee, you know what I mean? And Riverdale's supposed to be a small town, right? Yeah. Tazzy? Tazzy! Tazzy, not on the laptop. <laughs> don't pause Riverdale, Tazzy. Pause, ha, a, pause. <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> Come so I got a whole lot of Betty's manipulating the heck yeah. out of things I also here, think right? Kevin, right? I also think Kevin's playing her. So much playing is occurring. Yeah! I want to trust Kevin, but we're not with him yet. And he is not better. He's said, he's told us exactly where he's at. And it's that he's desperate with nothing going on but fangs. Yeah. He has also, told you, Betty. where's his dad? Jogging with him in the <laughs> opening montage. And then... Uh, Was he jogging with him? What does he do now? I don't know. He he's was not... the sheriff, but... Oh, he owns a boxing gym. What? Remember? He was like... Why? boxing coach. Yep, yep, yep. I remember now. Because I guess... Oh, there's the cat. You don't need to find another job when you lose yours or anything and get divorced and marry a lawyer oh, mayor yeah. who moves to New York? I like, uh, the, I like the idea that he's the stay-at-home husband to Sierra McCoy. You know, I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. I will say stay-at-home housemaking always made more sense to me when there is uh, more than a couple in the family. But to each their own. How's FP breaking up this silly party like he actually means it? You better be not be drinking that jug. It's not like we ran a gang together or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like I've loaded your car up with cocaine personally, kid. <laughs> I also love that taking him home is waiting for the bus in the middle of nowhere. Also, yes, that is that is kind of hilarious. Death or yeah, dead. Death or dead. <laughs> How many died in front of you, Cheryl? Are they allowed to do that? Just be like, oh, here's the person who called you in. No, they're not. <laughs> but it's plot relevant. Yeah, I know. I think this might be the same bus stop that Betty sat under when she was being harassed by the Black Hood. Makes sense. I mean, you like location, you go back. It's true. Well, yeah. Um, we've established that FP's a bad cop. Like, not that he's a bad cop. He's bad at being a cop. Yeah, he's not the, he's not the greatest. <laughs> but... He has no training except some perspective from the other side. 
I which, don't know how which is useful, yes. I'm sure, in my extensive knowledge of being a police officer. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I want to be a fly on the wall in the break room at the Riverdale Police Office, the 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 department, when FP is, like, in his first week as sheriff, and all the cops who had previously held him under murder charges are like, hey. now working for him. <laughs> Kaylee Spear. I think Kaylee Spear plays a cop from before and a cop from after. <laughs> we need to know how she feels. Her character. Random police officer number three? Mm-hmm. Oh, Again, sweet little scene. this like veers it. on the edge of very special episode territory without diving into it. But um, instead we get a bunch of pseudo-teenagers processing their feelings in their own unique ways. Now, I want to question this a little bit, but maybe this will be how we get to know Reggie better. Somehow, I do not think this smashing in of a hot rod actually opens communication as well as he says it does. Yeah, he's clearly lying. I mean, he must be, right? Also, I like... That's like the most swearing that has ever happened on Riverdale. I really like that this is what shocks Archie, given... Wasn't he throwing Molotov cocktails like six months ago? He had a gun. Remember that? He led a militia. <laughs> there Fine. were gang what fights. My favorite moment in this whole episode, by the way, is here in a few minutes. This class. When they both just leave <laughs> and the teacher doesn't say anything. No pause in the slow reading of the text. As they read an anthology and we establish how useless Riverdale High is. Though, like, yeah, this, I mean, this, this feels like high school English to me. This teacher is also kind of asking for it, reading aloud a how-to-read literature textbook to the class. True. Like, Veronica's just given up and is reading whatever she needs to read to get into Harvard. <laughs> Harvard. Harvard. Yes. Harvard. <laughs> and no one else is paying the remotest attention, least of all the teacher. Sure. I love this like night like early two thousands outfit she has on this like zip up mm. skirt and weirdly patterned short <laughs> crop sweater. Yeah. All she needs now is oh, Skechers shoes we all had. What? Maybe that was a Vancouver trend. Maybe that was a city kid thing. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even take his bag. She's like, "Don't worry, baby. I'll get your bag." It 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 is. It's kind of cute watching excited young Jughead. After all the gang beatings and stuff. So yeah, this plot's not done, right? There's no way this plot is... Yeah, no abusive father is like, Oh, you must really need to talk to me. You smashed my car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all I... I mean, my my only guess is Reggie doesn't live at home anymore? Like, what's... Something's happened. This is going to be a thing, right? But also, maybe this is Archie's plot for a while. Yeah. Which, I'd be here for that. That'd be a much more interesting character motivation for being Archie, be the stable one for a little while. I would kind of be here for that. Yeah. After everything. I'm so glad I was never a 17-year-old that had to deal with 
the press because apparently some 17 year olds do yeah that sounds dreadful it's there are not enough protections for young people in those regards children are a vulnerable sociological minority Mm -hmm. um so 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 great concept didn't love the execution not because they don't all look hot and don't know what they're doing just all dropped right in there unused it's, well, it just sort of, like, needed... Reason? The, the, no, Purpose? No, no, I see the reason. I see why it's here. Um, I just... I think the thing I was missing out on was the, like, re, like Riverdale reinterpretation, which sometimes mm. they do very successfully, but this seemed like a very straightforward, like, yeah, we're going to do the dance from from the show mm-hmm, and sing mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it looks great. Some but, straight like, Chicago. Come on, Riverdale. Um... I liked this monologue. I liked this montage. I thought they could have cut with the montage a lot. Um, this is the most, perhaps the most surreal little sequence of the episode mm-hmm. that she can sp- spontaneously just pull out a musical number and that it serves some purpose mm-hmm. other than just setting a tone for us. Like, why would she cram this number with her friends with her remaining four hours to jazz up okay that's a very veronica lodge thing mm-hmm. actually as i say it out loud to jazz up your press conference you're going to just cram some chicago you know what okay it is riverdale and then <laughs> oh. i didn't realize that was a charles yeah. limber reference until the hearing of this song in this in this time <laughs> Oh, Lindbergh. Neither of them. And for myself. Now, we've been asking for... Legal emancipation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has been a mantra for a while, so... Yeah. You know, legal emancipation with a Broadway ballad? Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Oh, she's wearing glitter. It's not just on the costume. It's on her body. Nice. Nice touch. (laughs) Love a good glitter on a on a skin. Stays on there for a while, though, unfortunately. Glitter is permanent. Yes. <sighs> Veronica Gomez. Yeah. Also, I love this costume she's in here. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, like off. <laughs> yes, like off. I wonder um, if the aspirations for that Chicago scene weren't a little bit higher than the execution. Because I do feel like there there wasn't a lot of visual splash in there, in, yeah. in how that was shot. And there could have been. Mm. Uh, even thinking to how Riverdale's done over-the-top, isolated, standalone musical numbers in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, the the brief montaginess, but not full montaginess. I wonder if this isn't a case like Betty's Snake Dance, where the execution simply falls for, from the in, short of the intent. Yeah. Um, no, I feel like that had more of an intention than this. I just didn't like the intention very much. Mm. Um, I, like, I do like, um, but here's Betty being bad at things. Um, <laughs> so uh, things. I did like that, um, uh, like, all this stuff with the lodges and all this stuff and the show and the Riverdale and the media circus and blah, 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 and all that mm-hmm. jazz. You know, like, it's very mm-hmm. self-aware mm-hmm. in that way. Right, right. Yeah, which I liked. The reference is 
commentary. Yeah, totally. Here's Kevin with some lying. I assume. Yeah, I don't trust... I don't trust anyone. Yeah. But I don't trust anyone because they're all really broke. Yeah, this is fun. I'm here for this. Let's do season four, Ryan. (laughs) Well, if they're going to keep on this focusing of healing and trauma thing and everyone being unreliable because they are sad and healing, you know what? That's a good direction. Right, Tazzy? The categories. Yeah. I accidentally touched her paws in exactly the wrong way. Sorry. Rudo. She's got a lot of, like, red spots. Not a lot of green spots on this cat. Not a lot of go. Go pet touch me here. A lot of That's true. A lot of uh, getting a bite in spots. <laughs> do I look like a jerk? <laughs> you do, but it's okay. Yep. You're a wolf in sheep's clothing or something. I'm not a huge fan of uniforms in general. I really wanted to be in a uniform when I was a kid. Really badly. I really didn't like that kids could exclude me because of what I was wearing. Aww. Did not like. Huh. I also really like my guide uniform, so that was probably part of it. <laughs> also, just like random family history. Mm-hmm. Random FP. I wonder if that's going to become part of the third. plot. <laughs> the, the, the secession of Forsyths. Yeah. If Grandpa Forsyth is going to resurface in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. They did lean... This is a first mention, and, and they did lean into how unreliable he was. And then Jughead's missing. Yeah. So here is the how to get away with murder flashback. And Kevin's there. Okay, okay, okay. So let's talk broad show structure for a sec. Because okay. I, this is the second episode they've given us um, an well, end the, note it's, flashback. It's like the first, it's like this, it's like the, ow, it's like the second first episode. That was my cat. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Red spots. Red spots. Do not touch. Um... But it's the second episode, so the the finale last year and this episode both ended with this flashback twist. Mm. Um, mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. specifically a, I thought a, a, a how okay, I think it's a how to get away with murder reference specifically that we cut from Jughead to a suggested tension point around Jughead, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's similar to what they did in the finale. There was a direct cut designed to draw attention and suggest something ominous about the scene we were just in. But um, sort of one of the standard hooks of how to get away with murder is constant misdirection um, while building what is going on in that future flashback. So there's both uh, the split time narrative perspective, but um, maybe this is... They've they've been really bad about it, to be honest, in recent seasons, Mm. about really aggressively misleading you with your end hooks. So I'm, oh. what the show <laughs> does with the, these end flashbacks, I think, is going to be informative, I think, as to where they're going. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Do I need to go rewatch all of How to Get Away with Murder in order to be properly prepared for this season of Riverdale? I don't think so. Okay, nothing, great. Nothing yet has suggested more than a surface skimming of the genre structure to me. But, um... I'm I'm excited to see if that is an overarching structure that they're leaning into, um, and how episodic they get. Mm. Last season, the last two seasons had a lot of very episodic genre play mm, pieces. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. curious how much that that they will carry through versus a consistent season seasonal tone. Um, right now, I'm getting much more of a season one vibe, as mm. far as kind of the the um, the thesis statement 
soft as it is. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to see specifically how the next few episodes progress. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I am too. I am too. Um, I'm looking forward to the season more than I thought I would be. And I'm excited to see more Riverdale and talk all about it. Yeah, it was a long summer. I did so many other things that I just forgot I did a podcast. It's refreshing to come back to y'all gang. Hello, gang. Yeah. It's nice to be back. Um, when is Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, 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 the well-known uh, Welsh-German uh, <laughs> show about witches? <laughs> I don't know. I want to guess probably around Halloween yeah. because of what they did last year, but let's look it up before next week's episode, Chloe. Yes. And, and Katie, Katie Keen. Yeah. Let's learn about what the heck is even happening there because I will follow Ashley Murray. Yeah. I'll give that, I'll, I'll give that a shot. And yeah. I, I feel like I should probably, I mean... I'm a little bit tempted to mine the heck out of Katie Keene for weird Riverdale throwbacks because it's set in the future mm. or something, maybe, or maybe it's not because oh Josie left last season, so who knows? Yeah, she was in the first episode. She sang at the funeral. Yeah. So I don't know. Who knows, Riverdale gang? We know nothing. We do not. Nothing at all. I don't think my uh, dreamed Sabrina Riverdale crossover is ever going to happen, except in burlesque. Yep. Apparently, that's what happened in the burlesque uh, show. Yes, well, it, it was there's it was the second uh, Riverdale burlesque by that company, mm-hmm. and so this one brought in the Sabrina characters. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I think uh, that's about us and it for this week. But um, see you again, same Riverdalian time, same Riverdalian channel. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our Instagram is sort of up and down in terms of its exciting content, but Mm -hmm. Twitter is at least consistent, and so (laughs) is Facebook. Yeah, when you're social media of choice. Till next week, gang, I'm Ryan. I'm Chloe. Bye. Bye.